Yes, yes. Tonight we welcome Elder Sensei to the Boom Bap Chat. I think we should go ahead and get it started. So let's do that. I am MC Till. Welcome to the Boom Bap Chat number 107, 107. Uh, you do not see Profound on the screen tonight. Our co-host Profound is off with his family. It's his son's birthday. So happy birthday to little pro out there. Have a good time. We'll we'll see Profound in two weeks. But you do see Iomas Marad on the screen. Uh, how you doing, Iomas? I'm good, brother. I'm doing good. And for those out there, we're having some technical difficulties with Iomas's uh, setup. So he might be uh, writing in his questions and commentary, and I'll just be reading those out a little bit. But it's good to have you here, Iomas. Before we welcome our guest tonight, I do want to give a special shout out to everybody's records here in Cincinnati, Ohio. If you come visit, if you're in the city, go see them. They have a great selection of vinyl. They have uh, tapes, CDs, books. They have all kinds of great stuff. And they're always supporting the local scene, the local hip-hop scene. And uh, if you can't get here, you can check them out and support them online at everybodysrecords.com. All right. If you're watching tonight, you're tuning in live, uh, you see the man tonight. He doesn't need an introduction. I couldn't do it justice, but I'll try. Uh, <laughs> tonight is a lyrical legend. He jumped on the scene with the group Artifacts, gave us two incredible albums in the 90s. Then our guests went on to release several consistently dope boom bap hip hop albums uh, throughout his career. And he's not finished, just getting started in some ways. Uh, and he is hip hop through and through. Not just as an MC, he has beginnings in DJing and graffiti, and he's releasing another Artifacts album produced by DITC member Buck Wild. Oh, so excited about that. So anyway, yeah. we're going to get into all of that and more right now, so please join me as we welcome to the Boom Bap Chat, El Desensei. Hey, welcome, man. How are you? Hey, man. Thank y'all for having me. Man. I'm, I'm good, man. I'm I'm dealing with this heat the best oh. way possible. I, I'm yeah. I'm keeping keeping hydrated, drinking water. Yeah, man. And um, it's a good good Thursday night. Good Thursday night. All right. Now you you started off your journey in Newark, New Jersey, right? Yes, indeed. Born you, and bred. Are you in Jersey now? Yes, I am. I'm in East Orange, New Jersey, right now. So uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, I wanted to start with is. You know, there's a lot, there's not, I wouldn't say a lot, but there are some MCs, you know, from that early 90s era that are still around, still mm -hmm. making good music. Not a lot, but there are some. But then, like, I think you are just from even a different class of that group where, like, I don't, I can't remember a song or an album from you where it's like, oh, he, he's trying to appeal to somebody. Like, he's just, he, it is almost a gimmick. Like, other artists have tried that. But like I feel like you've remained like pure underground sound, boom bap, hip hop. And that's how I've always kind of perceived you. Do you perceive yourself in that way? Yes, I do. And okay. I'm, I'm very, very proud of it. Um, there's a lot of stigmas that come with being an underground artist. You know, a lot of people are afraid to be that and actually wear it on their chest, especially today. You know, sometimes I feel like is a uh, something against us as underground artists, whereas that people think because we make the choices we make to be pure, to be a, 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 an artist of the caliber you want to be, of what you wanted to be from the beginning, that shouldn't change in your journey as an artist. Now, for me, almost 30 years in it, 
it made me want to do it more mm. because today is not practiced as much as you should see it in the mainstream or in general, you know? So like cash from my era kind of slowed down because a lot of us have not gotten say to just do that. They feel they deserve and yeah. being an underground artist, you know? So like I always call it to stick to your guns, keep using the same guns you've been using, but, advance them you know what i'm yeah. saying like make them bigger use different bullets is is ways to survive being an underground artist even in the climate today and i don't want to mess up and keep going because i might mess up some of the other questions but <laughs> no, I, I, I i wear i wear that on my sleeve because there's not enough of us you know putting that out there you know people think you got to have a certain standard of living to be successful even being an underground artist because you know it's always for us being pure means sacrifice. Yeah. Not really. Not really. Huh. It's just which lane you want to be in. Yeah. You know, as far as being an underground artist in today's climate, it's not so much different than it's in the past. It's just that we don't have labels anymore to yeah. kind of pacify and hold people's hands where and today you need to just go pull the bull at the horns and go ahead and do what you gotta do. Yeah, yeah. So true, man. I like yeah, and that's what Ioma said. True, so true. Uh, so I'm curious to know, like, what do you think it was about, you know, maybe your upbringing or maybe your inspiration, your influences that, you know, for you, like put you to that, like brought you to that place where you want to be true to yourself and authentic. What do you think like really helped inform you to be that type of person? I would say upbringing, you know, my parents, I won't say was strict on me, but they made sure we understood right from wrong. To, to consequences and making those decisions, you know. So, like, for me, I would say the people I listened to growing up, you know, mm -hmm. Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, anybody from my era are going to say all of these MCs <laughs> of my age range, you know what I'm saying? So, right, yeah. But, but, but these, these artists influence you to want to be great. So when you talk about, you know, lyricism and Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, Kuji Rap, you you get all of that, but then you also have I, I have Chuck D. Chuck yeah. D was was a messenger with a voice yeah. that that attracted me to where I was like, damn, you know, I can to get your point across, you have to have a strong voice as well. Get guru, guru said the thing, it's yeah. mostly the voice that gets you up. Right. So you you kind of like gravitate to a certain KRS one, LL Cool J, Ultra Magnetic, Special Ed, Chub Rock, all these people inside of me were my teachers so like when you when we finally got the opportunity to make records we instilled that in us to say like we're going to make records just like they did too and we're not going to fail the listener or the fan in that journey of trying to be uh, exclusive with the music so much so that we knew just like being an epmd fan you waited for them come to come with those yeah. records because you knew business was going to be in the title so every time you thought like, all right, what they're gonna put in the business in this one, how it's gonna come. So you you those things as a fan and as a listener, and then becoming an artist, you take all that in to say, like, yo, I wanna be perceived in that way too by listeners and by fans, because we got in it to be heroes. A lot of artists won't tell you that, but we all got in it because we got the bug from the leaders that was before us, and we wanted to put our two cents in too. Yeah. And at the same and at the same time achieve your goals. Hey, that that's dope. And just you know, to to move 
push it forward. Like you were an MC like that for me. Cause I remember the ultimate man did I love that song. I love that. And I remember seeing, I think it was probably rap city. And I was just like, just from the beat, the way the beat was and just the lyrics and yeah, I almost said me too. Uh, so like you, you were one of those MCs for me, uh, you know, like, like, you know, Kane was for you, you know, um, so, so thank you for that. Thank you for your inspiration. I, I appreciate that because I feel like, you know, that's, that's the job of all of us as yeah. MCs. That's what I learned from the ones before me. And then to get in it and meet these people, you know, and see them in person, you try not to fan out, but you can't help it. You know, this is, this is why you got in it because you wanted to be like your heroes before you. Yeah, no doubt. And I almost said, I learned so much from L and Tame One. And uh, our our co-host, who's usually with us, he chimed in. He's he's listening on Facebook. He said, facts. L, that's true. <laughs> right there. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I want to get into a little bit of a discussion. We'll, you know, we'll get into the, the new music that you have coming out here in a moment. Um, okay. But I think these two albums, I want to show our folks that are that are watching here. Between a Rock and a Hard Place here uh artifacts and then that's them right. i was wondering if you could tell us if if you could just like go back uh in time do you remember the recording process of these albums everything and, and i remember how, everything how were they different the recording okay. processes for these first album it was like we didn't know you know what we was getting into but we right. had an idea in our head we thought like okay we're gonna get some pete rock beats primo beats law professor beats and they just, you know, that's in your dreams. <laughs> right. So in reality said it, and they was like, okay, y'all got money for like T. Ray and who's working with this group here and which was Double X Posse and Sean J. Period's group called Down South. So we was like, okay. And I knew of T. Ray from working with Cypress Hill and, you know, he was working with a group called Helmet, a metal, a uh, heavy metal group. So, but I heard of him, T. Ray. And he had a group himself. So, uh, and I asked, okay, well, what about the dude uh, that did the song with Diamond, Sadat, and Lil Finesse? So he's like, oh, you talking about uh, Buck Wild? I was like, yeah, let's get him. Because the Can't Front song was out. So that shit was banging in the streets on yeah. Stretch and Barbito's show. So I was like, let's get him. So, uh, you know, once we got, Red Man found out we had the deal. So he, I saw him on the street. He picked me up in his, in his Land Cruiser, and he was like, yo, come on. Like, I want to play a beat for you. So all this stuff started happening. And as we were going in the studio, uh, T-Ray did majority of the music. So we was at his right. house a lot. And he lived in Brooklyn at the time. And um, we would go out there and pre-production-wise, like, go through his records. A lot of the songs that T-Ray recorded and produced for us, we were there with him where, like, say, Dynamite Soul, uh, What's Up Now, Motherfucker. We was all in, me and, we did these things together with him, but he manipulated everything. So it was like, we were like babies going in the studio. You know, like we didn't, we've been to studios before. When we got in that big ass studio, we was like, damn, wow, okay. This is different, you know what I'm saying? So like, we, I think once we calmed down and got into in, in, into doing the songs, I would say a lot of the songs we had demo, Heavy Ammunition was a demo that we had recorded, Attack of New Jerusalem was a demo. But we had that on a different beat, and Buck Wild gave us the beat for that track. We just mm -hmm. did the lyrics on over that from an yeah. older song we had. So, like, songs like Way Back, that was the, probably the hardest song to do on the album because we had so much elements in it, and we wanted to make it right. All the samples we had at the end, 
Um, that record was fun, but we learned a lot of things that we probably was not supposed to do. But we was baby, we was babies, man. Right. I remember even after recording the record, and we had to go out on the streets and go do promo and and do uh, showcases. I remember we did a show at this at this at this place called the Grand in New York, and okay. we would they, they were talking about not having show polish. We were we was doing songs on stage where like when the beat would fade out, and people was like, "That's all right, do the next one, do the next one." So like. <laughs> Even recording the record, it was like that. You know what I'm saying? But when we got to the second album, it, I'm gonna say this too: it was it, it was hard to try to top the first album. Right. Anybody yeah. anybody can tell you on the sophomore album it's hard to top the first one. Right. But we weren't trying to top the first one. We listened to the first one. Was like, let's leave that one like the way it is, and let's move on and go to another sound. Because as you can see, from '94 to '95, '96. The sound started changing. Right. And, you know, Sean J. Perry was in the studio with us a lot when we were doing the first album. So when he found out when we were doing the next one, we, we the first couple of songs we did, uh, the interview was the first song we recorded on the That's Them album. Okay. And we, and, and, and yo, we had no idea for a hook and nothing like that. We just started writing because we, we were back in the studio. All right, let's go. We had no ideas in the beginning. We were just like, you know, but the songs came out good. And yeah. then once we got focused and Sean J. Period came, you know, VIC did the interview and he did yeah. uh um he did another joint. Uh um guy is escaping me right now, I'm sorry. But but this is the way. So like the then we added, the beat, we added the beat miners. Beat miners, we yeah. we, were we knew them, so we always wanted that Brooklyn sound. Got the beat miners in which we got beat miners and baby Paul, who was in the group in the crew. So the second album, we was we was ready to go. So uh, I, I would say all of the songs we recorded with Sean J. Period, we recorded in two weeks. Oh wow! So and he would come to the studio every time, and and I think William Skills that might have been the first song we recorded with him. But like every time he would come to the studio after we do a song with him, he had a pattern of his beat tape where like he would have like the even the two, four, six, and eight. All this, for some reason, after like two or three tapes, I was like, yo, why is it that when you come in here, number two be dope, number four be dope, <laughs> or number six? And he's like, yo, because when y'all when was picking the beats, it was those even numbers where I was like, all right, they seem to be picking those numbers. Let me do that on purpose. So I, I figured it out. <laughs> I figured them out. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, we've had Sean Jay on, on the show. Um, and I really like, like, I think he... And really the whole album, really, like that album captured like a more crisp sound, but I yeah. feel like it was still rugged and raw at the same time, you know? And and, and it took a minute for it, it to grow on people because of people wanting it to be the, like the first one. But what I, what that second record brought even after we released it was, and I'm, I'm going to say this, when you listen to the raucous sound and you listen to Sound Bombing, that was, you know, body rock. This is all Sean J. Period. Yeah, right. This is this is all after our album, so we knew, we knew working with Sean, this brother was coming in the studio with weather vanes for sounds, uh, grits in the uh, salt shaker. He brought a weather vane to the studio. He re uh, returned to the wrong side when you listen to that song. 
pay attention in the background. Is a train ride. He caught the huh. train from Brooklyn, from his area, and rode the train all the way to Manhattan till he walked up in the studio and stopped, and then he played it. So all you hear the do do all the door, that's him on the train. This old train ride to Manhattan. So when you listen to Ron Return to the Wrong Side on, on That's Them, from the beginning of the song, he gets on the train, and when this, the song starts, he's a train ride wow. from Brooklyn all the way to Manhattan. That's dope. Which which joint is that? Return to the Wrong Side. Return to the Wrong Side. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, so he, you know, Sean was like pulling out all the stops. He he was re-recording samples, and that's why he don't sample today. Because he, right, he, he was he was he started he stopped doing that on right. the second album. He was replaying things. He learned how to play music on that second album where he was like, yo, I'm not sampling, but I will replay it. And and you know, I was like, cool. So like he had the, the beats that he made were so inventive and new as far as the sounds that he was using. Yeah. It was sort of like how Dilla did with the with Q tip and them and um mm -hmm. on beat rhymes of life, but right. It was new, but what happened to be new happened to be the new sound to go forward. It just so happened we, you know, we tried it on our record, and after the fact, and then like, you know, I listened to that record. I kind of feel like we was a ahead of a step ahead yeah. of ourselves with the with the because, like you said, sonically, that record, Sean J. Period and Duro, my man Duro mixed that record so beautifully. Like yeah, he did. I'm, I'm proud of that record. Like despite us, you know, getting off Atlantic after that. We left with a bang. Yeah, that is that is a dope dope album. I actually like that album more than the debut album. Do you get a sense of like fans which album they like more? Or is now, 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 later on after the fact, yeah, yeah, I have more people come to me saying they like the second one, yeah. sound wise and beat wise a little bit more because it was a little, it was it was so tighter and crispier, you know, just Lord Jamar and, and Lord Finesse on the record, you know, it, we had flashes of where it was like the first one, but because of the way it sounded, it was so here yeah. with it. It, right. it was like, okay, this is a different record than the first one. So I wanted to ask you about that song, Collaboration of Mics. This right. is kind of a, a geek out question, but there, there's a very specific uh, formula of, of who goes when on that record, if you remember. Mm -hmm. was, yes. that, was that planned out? How? Yeah. It's Yeah, okay, man. Because when it, it, it's four people, we was like, damn, okay. In the beginning, it was only supposed to be me, Finesse, and Tame. And there's another version to that song that I have that I ain't really met nobody here ever. I probably won't. <laughs> but it's a version with me and Tame just rocking on it. And Finesse was like, yo, y'all trying to murder me in here right now. Like, yo, <laughs> we're going, we going, I'm going to go home and I'm going to write some joints. I'm going to write my verse at home because I ain't trying to write it right here. Like, I bet. So I, I called Lord Jamar, like, yo, look, because what people don't know, Lord Jamar produced the original version of uh, Wrong Side of the Tracks. If you go on YouTube and you put in uh, Artifacts Demo, you will hear a James Brown sample come on and Lord Jamar talking, and he's going to be singing the hook for Wrong Side of the Tracks. So oh. when we first got to be with Brand Newbie, and that's our start, uh, we was in Sadat's crib, and Jamar asked me and Tame in Sadat's basement, like, yo, so like, you know, what are y'all about? You know, what, you know, tell me. So we told him, like, yo, we B-boys. We, you know, we still do graffiti, da 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 So he's like, okay, write about that. And writing it's ex-basement, we wrote Wrong Side. And Jamar, only thing different with the way he was saying the hook 
He's saying artifacts from the wrong fucking side. Of <laughs> so the label, the label was like, "Yo, y'all can't say fucking, y'all can't say that." So just change that, change that up. Right. And we couldn't get Jamar to do the hook on the, the wrong side of the tracks, you know, today because they was on the road, so we couldn't get him to do the hook for the song. But like collaboration of mics. When when we went to the studio, let me just set it up for you. Yeah, please. We in the studio. We in the studio room. Finesse, uh, Marky at the time was with him. Uh, but like, yo, like everybody came. Fat Joe came, Showbiz came, and some of Fat Joe boys. Um, some big dude came in there. Uh, Chaos was about to start doing some uh, beginning cuts, and he got through the first bracket of like maybe eight bars in the beginning. And Joe was like, yo, my man right here going to DJ. We turn around, we saw this big dude. I'm like, yo, um, yeah, my, my DJ here, he's like, yeah, I, I got it, I got it. So I was like, okay, I can't say no to this big dude about to come over to the turntable. But my man started cutting. To cut you here on the record, when he started cutting, I was like, shit, I ain't saying nothing. Do your thing, homie. Go ahead. So, like, everybody was in the room, and we was, like, still writing with all these people in the room, all this energy, and that shit came out like that. I was like, you know, but we still had to figure out how four people going to split 16s. Right. So I was like, I, I we had straight odd numbers for the for the coming in and out. Like it'd be four, eight, 12. <laughs> so, right. so we just made sure that everybody had ample time on the mic to actually get off what they needed to say. But that that day, and I, I'll, I'll never forget that studio session because, you know, Joe was like organizing everything in the beginning. Like, yo, he gonna go here, you gonna go there. I was like, yo, this is like a dream. So, like, that that was a good thing. We we got uh, DITC, it's, it's affiliated ties heavy. That's dope. That's super dope. I, I love all the verses, but that first verse, where it's everyone, four by four, man. Just the, the way you trade it off, lovely. All right, Thank we you. Wanna, yeah, man, we want to go to um some questions from people that are tuning in. Our man okay. Lex, he at, says, what kept Jersey, especially 90s Newark, New Jersey artists from doing a large collective track? We never got man. an artifact, Red Man, Naughty, Queen Latifah track. You know what? That's a good question, Lex, because I can't answer it. <laughs> I, will, I will say this, though. I will say this. I will chalk that up to, so like us being from Jersey, we all, when we came out, was trying to impress New York. It mm. not say so much the world, but the world to us was New York. And, you know, we were trying to, like, break through anytime we got an opportunity. And this is every artist. I'm, I don't care if it's Outsiders, Radiga, Red Man, everybody from here. Once we got the stamp of approved, approval from New York, you was on your own shit. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like you wasn't thinking about home, but once you get that go and that stamp, you try to make the most of it. And everybody did. But we never thought to like probably do something together because we never was was like able to get even 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 a tour right now today. These same people you named, we could go on tour right now, but because it's different levels of everybody. We would have to situate that, and, and, and as far as like everybody's wanting to have the treatment they need to go on it, so it was the same thing with the music. 
it wasn't that I think we probably wasn't thinking about it like that because like I said, you come out, you on your way. And and, yeah. and then we and then when we collectively we all know each other, but I will say this over the years, we I can attest to say that I've done songs with Tretch. A couple mm -hmm. of them. I've done some men do it all. Got a couple of songs together. Um, you know, so so over the years we've recognized that to know that, you know, we missed out a lot on that where even a lot of New York cats didn't get to do that until later when they started figuring out, like, with these labels, let's get them to pay us money to be on each other's records and we still eat. And right. cats figured out later that, you know, the collaborations, you know, work, whether, you know, is New Jersey MCs together or New Jersey and New York MCs. But that that was a good question. But we we figured it out later. But it didn't happen in a way of, like, say, like, big records coming out where we probably went all at our height would have probably been a dope thing to do. Yeah. 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 All right. Next question is from our guy, Coop Art, who's always tuning in. Shout out to you, Coop. Um, he was wondering if you could share a little bit about that early tour. That was the artifacts, common uh -huh. organized confusion. I think I'm, I'm yeah. not sure if I'm forgetting anyone, but yeah. Can you talk about that tour a little bit? Best of, best of the underground tour. Best Man. of the underground. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. We we got through. All right, me and Tame, we got through most of the tour. Um, we had an accident on the tour. We had like an Aerostar van, like B nuts and common in them had like a customized van. So they was they was they shit was more built to move around more than ours. But we we went as far as Atlanta and maybe say Pensacola, Florida. And we had uh, we had to quit the tour because the, the booking agent dude wasn't being understanding to what I told him we needed. And it wasn't like we had a label rep with us. We was raw dogging it by ourselves. I'm driving. My man was driving. Tim, we even wow. rock Raider was with us in the beginning. Um, so Raider had to quit the tour because he had to do the DMC battles and execution and stuff. And we, uh, yeah, like they had to put other people in place of us. So some shows it was Boogie Monsters. Some shows it was Trouble Neck Brothers. Um, respect to them, they're my dudes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when we but when we did do the shows, like we did a lot of the East Coast shows, and we did uh, shows in like maybe like Detroit, Chicago. But like we didn't get to finish the whole thing. So they did Texas and all of the West Coast and up to Canada and Colorado, everything. But that was a dope tour because like. You got to understand, it was like all of us when all our albums was out. Organized Confusion album out. Stress, all that out. Artifacts first album. Common Resurrection album. Be Nuts, you know, Intoxicated Demons. All this stuff was, yeah. we were on tour. Imagine this today. Us, We were in mad cities. But for me, the best part of the show, for me, was watching Mr. Sinister DJ for Beat Nuts and Rock Raider DJ for us. Sometimes I was forgetting that he was DJing for us. Cause I saw Raider do shit I'd never seen the DJ do. Like in a lot of the shows we were doing live, I was like, "Wow, this month!" And that's why I understood why he was going to win that D that DMC battle. Right. But those shows was it was electric because, like, you know, as a fan of these cats, I found myself in front of the crowd with the fans too. Like, yeah, this my shit, right? So yeah, you know, yeah. yeah I, I mean, like that was like, you know, earlier in our career where we were all still. You know, trying to figure figure everything out. So when I see what the common is now, and I see yeah. Monch, you know, his solo right. career, how that turned out, 
you know, B Nuts still work out there working lessons in in in, in LA DJing. So it's like I will never forget those times. But anybody that saw those shows, let the, let the world know how those shows was if you mm -hmm. attended any of those shows. Cause we did we did one. Okay, though. <laughs> We did yeah. the one in in New York at the Limelight. It was, it was the Limelight is a church, but it was a weird church in New York. It was weird, bro. but the 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 show was huge. Like, and they New York got to see what we were doing on the road. So, like, I never been on another tour other, like that. So that was like a dream. Man, I would love a, a part two of that tour. Yeah, man. I would too. Right now, that'd be dope. It'd be dope to have the same lineup too, man. I, man, that would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I think I'm gonna come out for something like that. I think so. I think so. Um, so Ion is wanting to know, uh, do you remember uh when the fight broke out at the show in Chicago? Okay, so that show we wasn't there. It was during common set. Are you yeah? I remember, show? I remember I heard about it. I heard he was on stage <laughs> and like yo, I've been in Chicago doing shows. Them dudes throw up sets when they when they on when you on stage, bro. <laughs> So they were doing that to him. I heard wow. he got, he was getting mad, and I heard he actually like either hit dude in the head with the mic or jumped out there, one or the other. That that happened. <laughs> that happened. I think Iomas is shaking his head. And <laughs> you know, yeah, he knows. I he said he was there. Yeah. Okay. He saw. Yeah, it. I was. Yeah. Mad. I was mad. We couldn't be there at that show, man. Was that after the 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 bus broke down or had the yeah yeah it was it was definitely yeah. after that I, I, I'm cool. trying to think who they put in that show other than us I think Trouble Neck might have been there or Boogie Monsters Boogie Mon yeah Ima said he was mad too that y'all weren't yeah there. hey look look yeah. I met the dudes that booked that show and they was hot like yo but I told <laughs> I told them what happened and and like yo the rest of the tour because even the booking agent told me we had beef after that but he told me like yo you don't realize how many people was there. To just see you and Tame, you know, and yeah. that tour, like, so I, I was, I was, I was tight about that. I was mad, you know. I, I kind of ran into a few other promoters that booked that tour too, um, you know, and they was just, they said the same thing, like, "Yo, we really just wanted to see y'all." Like, we, I know everybody was on it, but it was like at the height of y'all career, where a lot of people was wanting to see y'all. Yeah, yeah. Cool. You're checking out the Boom Bap Chat number 107 with Elder Sensei having a great conversation about, uh, you know, old times, uh, tours, their classic albums, artifacts albums. I uh, want to shift the gears a little bit, just have some fun questions here. Um, we always ask our guests a few fun questions. So the first one, we got three tonight. First one, they're all what questions. So first okay. one is, what's something, and this has nothing to do with anything, but what's something that you could eat? For breakfast every day and not get tired of it. Mm. Not get tired of it. I mean, eggs maybe because you can eat them different ways. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, good answer. All right, next question. What's your favorite non hip hop album? Non hip hop. All right, so yo, I'm a I'm a deep R and B fan. Okay. Eighties, nineties, you know. So I would say. Loose Ends, uh, Zaragoza album. All right, right on, right on. And last question here. What's the first thing you would change about hip-hop today if you could change anything? Wow. Maybe, maybe you wouldn't change anything. Nah, uh, well, okay. If I could Thanos snap my fingers, I would want all the youth today to know 
all the things we know about the past is like almost like if they went to school, but like it was like the Matrix. You know, you got to go in the telephone booth and learn. I need to learn yeah. how to fly this helicopter. Right. Boom. Okay, you, now you can fly the helicopter. I need everybody to learn hip hop in that way to where maybe today's people will understand the and, and even for my generation to wait for them to come to where they will understand why the older dudes feel the way they feel and why they hear the things they hear because maybe as an adult we don't feel like the youth cared too much about our past but it's yeah. funny because it's like school when people don't like history class and whether they have to when February comes and you got to learn about black history. If you're not black, you got to learn about it because you don't know it. Just as right. much as when we in school, we got to read these books and learn about history from the past because you have no future without a past. Right. So yeah. this is the thing that, I, and it's funny because I would say this is the first time ever we have older people and younger people in hip hop, not say competing, but like in it all together. So you got you, you got yeah. elders, and you got super elders that's still out there working, getting opportunities more than they did in the past where people are now giving these people their flowers and, and adding them onto the award shows where they can host. And, you know, so we're trying. Yeah. I would say the industry is trying, the culture is trying, but I would say it's not fast enough. So like sure. if I could instantly give people knowledge the way they can say, oh shit, okay, now I understand why you feel like this person it should be more in, you know, seen than this person. You know, mm -hmm. it's just about, it's about being fair, but I think with the knowledge people will probably be like, alright, good, I understand old man where you're coming from. Right. Because they like how it used to be. And just like, just like things that you said earlier that people I don't think have put together in their minds, like with your second album and how that kind of maybe not ushered in but definitely influenced that whole raucous sound with sean j period and like how mm -hmm. that album was ahead of its time like just those those like subtle things i think you know people would grow more uh more of an appreciation you know if nothing right. else you know and, yeah. and, and that, I, I think also with being out in the world doing shows like i've done shows where you know i love when it be just only young dudes young people yeah i've yeah. done shows because and because these young dudes listen to my music and they when they see me they're like okay he got great hair chin, but he don't dress like all older dude like i guess because i'm 50 something they think i'm supposed to be in bill Cosby's sweater or like some loafers or some monarchs or some shit like that and i show up at the show i'm loaded up and got jordan's on. i look like them so they like so they they kind of confused then they hear the songs and they hear the beats and, and and because it's kind of geared toward like them and working with say young producers or people that they might know heard of and, and then you work with them so they're like oh okay, wow like so but when these people don't know you and they meet you in person they probably say they heard of you i was in new mexico did a show all the young dudes that went up there before me all of these songs i mean this is in sound check i'm listening to them it's so depressing the, the stuff they were talking about, it was drugs involved, induced, just de depressed, sad. I'm like, damn. Like, and these dudes is like 18 to 26, you know, and I'm the oldest one in the building. I'm like, and I'm, I'm listening to them. And yeah. then when it got time for me to perform, it got like where I seen it was filled up. 
I said, this is my chance. I told dude, let me go now. Because they, they're going to keep going. I don't want to go last. Let me go now. And they was yeah. all in the building. So, like, after the show was over, they were like, yo, how was you able to stay up there for, like, 45 minutes and not run out of breath? <laughs> I, I, it looked like it looked like you was having a lot of fun up there. Like, what is that like? I said, y'all, y'all got to get it together, little brothers. Right. Come on, man. Like, yeah. this is about fun. You right. rhyming on that stage is about having fun. Not like yeah. you take a break from your life to go up there to say what you got to say. So, like, you know, I think if they understand that more rather than trying to get the bag and, and, and concentrate on your craft, yeah. you know, no, they don't have no A&Rs today to, to usher them into this. So they're learning just by going about how they're going. So where, when we came out, we had somebody that knew more than we did that would tell us and guide us to where we needed to go. No different when they was like, who y'all want to work with? And because we knew people, they was like, look, this is a label thing now. Y'all can't just say that. Y'all going to work right. with these people and this, how much money you got to do this. So that ain't been taught to none of these cats today. So that's why the music sound like that. That's why they don't yeah. know about the culture. That's why we clash with them. And until that part is, is bridged and they'll understand where we coming from, but we already understand where they coming from. They trying to get that back. Yeah. And they yeah. don't care about the music. This might be a good segue for Ayamas Mara's question here. He wanted to know, do you see a difference or is there a difference in your mind between rap music and hip hop? Yeah. Because sometimes rap music is on the radio. Mm. Rap music is on TV. Rap music isn't hip hop. Because even as a youth, we understood what was the difference between rap and hip hop, rather to say it became mainstream and underground. And that's when we knew the difference when all of your uh, favorite artists, you know, is, is like how with football teams, you have to have a transition where the older t players go to other teams and get traded and their production go down and they get traded. Where it's like to say, we have the usher in the new. We have the usher in yeah. the new. You can still play as an older artist or as an artist who's not, say, making the radio song. You know what I'm saying? These are choices. Yeah. These are choices you make in right. your career where you say, if you want to do the underground route, you're going to stay there because you know what it's going to get you. But this is where I go back to you being successful. Just because you can't do what everybody else do don't mean you won't be successful. That route that some people take, sacrifice everything that they've ever became before they got into the mainstream. And then you got some that been in the underground for a long time that feel like, you know, they one song away from making that hit song that might be in the mainstream a little bit, but still in the way they want to do it in the way where right. back in, when we came out, we felt like we had to make anthems. Everybody's songs was big and loud. What was the scenario? Onyx. Everything was, you screamed the hook because you were trying right, to yeah. get that message in the people's head that was buying these records So because you knew that's how you move. But you didn't want to sacrifice so much when you make a song where you're like, you know, I don't, I don't know about that one. And that would yeah. be for the underground artist. Once he do that and sacrifice that, that could be over for him. Yeah. Where the mainstream artists are going to keep making songs like that where they might go away, but they have an opportunity more than the underground artists to make the song that'll bring them back. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So Iomas was saying it, it makes him upset when they put everything under that hip-hop title. Um, is it the same for you? Do you get frustrated? Yeah, you know, because it's like, it's like when you when you see the award shows, 
they're they're rap category. They're not hip hop categories. Like mm -hmm. like hip hop category, you know what that means. So like when you see Nas this year on the Grammys get his flowers, everybody was happy. That's that's the difference right there. It took that man thirty years to, and he didn't compromise at all. He might have had a few records that was like eh, whatever, but throughout that lyrically, Nas didn't change. Even right. today, we might not like all of the hip boy stuff, but he's giving the people today himself just as much as he gave himself to us in the past. So, like, but when I seen that, that was a perfect example of hip hop culture in a mainstream setting where even the people who didn't even know about him appreciated it because they said, damn, this me. If you never knew a Nas song that night when he was dressed up in that suit, you um, knew what it was after you left because he was doing all the prior songs before he yeah. got to the one that they may know. Right, yeah. Yeah, that was a dope, dope performance. I like how dope he did moment. that. Yeah. Dope moment. Um, one more question here, or a couple more um, from some of our viewers. Back to Lex, he said, what newer Jersey acts would you recommend uh, that we check out? Today? Today. Do you follow any newer acts from Jersey? It's not a lot. It's, uh, in my hood, is uh, 050 Boys. Definitely check them out. My man, um, my man Big Joker, he worked with me. He's going to be coming soon. My man Drift. Now, Drift Kojo, he's been rocking for a minute. My man is a beast, still on the mic. And, I, I and, hey, guess what? Red Man, Muddy Waters 2 coming. Yeah, coming out, yeah. Tretch is performing August 4th down there at the Jersey Pack. You know, we all still, is, is, is we're active. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, if, even if it's not a lot of new people, Rod Digg is still out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Lock, Lock Shabazz is still a staple in, in the neighborhood, in the hood. Um, you know, but it's not as many newer people as it used to be. I would say that. Yeah. I would say that big time. Cool. Uh, just a few more comments here from some of our viewers. Shout out to Marcus says, why does it feel like rap hip hop is the only genre where the artist has an expiration date? I just, I don't even feel that anymore. Like I, I just feel like, you know, you, if you're around and you're rocking, I'm going to, you know, support it. You know, I, I, to, to, I'll say this. I understand what you're talking about. It's true. Cause I just seen some shit about the Rolling Stones and they on tour again. Yeah, and people do not bother them old dudes. They let them go out there, rock out on stage. They sell out they, they crowds, and they still in arenas. Why the hell we can't do the same thing? You know why? Because right. as the culture and as a hip hop culture, as I don't know what it is. Hip hop is not a young man's game. I hope, I want y'all to know that Chuck D still make records. He been making yeah. records for over forty years, man. Like Big Daddy Kane still on stage. You know, G Rap still can spit niggas out of the box. So it's like when you when you know these things exist, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of deny all this stuff. You know, I try to remind people that, like, you know, you got guys that's now, like, CEOs, like Chuck, run radio stations and labels to where, you know, he's yeah. able to even do the same for people that he, you know, right now, he put out a record with Stetson Sonic, Chill Rob G., you know, this is a testament to, you know, what what is supposed to be done. And I might be like drifting off the subject a little bit. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. You can drift. And speaking of drift, uh, Lex 
says Drift is a beast. You mentioned yes, yes. Earlier, so yeah, you know, my man Wisecrackers out there. See, I, you know, when I'm on the spot, I forget a little people. Some, but but say that question to me one more time. I want to answer it the right way. Yeah, Last yeah. Time. He just said, "Why does it feel uh, like rap hip hop is the only genre?" All right, yeah. Where the so, like we we is. treat our music like a pair of sneakers. When they get old, we throw them in the closet. Yeah. And then we go out and buy a new pair. And that's not fair to your sneakers that's in the closet that if you take care of them, you can continue to rock them. Yeah. And for the older artists, it's really still about making that hot record. Yeah. You make that hot record, you stay relevant. You'll stay, you'll stay in people's minds. You'll stay fresh. It's about keeping your brand up. You know, and, 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 and it's, it's, it's no time limit on style. There's no time limit on greatness. If you're still right. able to go out there and make good records, people should be. And it is like when hip hop cats get older, fan wise, they seem to actually. Well, how do you get this? How do you like? Yo, it's called the internet. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. yeah, everything is on there. There's no yeah. way you can't tell me. They be like, yo, such and such, they made a record in a long time. No, he just made one last year. Cause your ass is out of the loop. Don't mean, you know, that people ain't working. Right. It's, it's also this is also up to the fans. The fans, right. if y'all yep. follow certain artists, guess what? They still make records. Yep, they still make records. Just go on your your favorite blog site. I don't care if it's Hip Hop DX. Uh, you know, is 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 numerous radio stations on Sirius that's playing these records. Rock the right. Bells LL is is no excuse for nobody to say that they don't know about a lot of these records that come out. Because yep. if you following Griselda, you can follow your other artists too. Cause yeah. you know they still spit in the same way, just like them. It's just that y'all not, you know, Billy Dance just put out a whole project. I mean, yeah. like every, it, 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 music is there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one more question here before we go into your new music from Isle Moss. He was wondering. He said that Brick City is one of his favorite series. Have you seen the series Brick City? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So he was wondering. I know, yo, the, my man, the dude that was on that show got killed. Oh, like in real life? Yes. Dang. You remember when the dude I was seeing the mayor, when he was talking to the mayor in Newark and everything, and they, this was like, you know, it was, Homeboy was really trying to get it together. They killed him. Wow. The dude that in that documentary. That's terrible. That's yep. terrible. So Almas was wondering, you know, what you thought about the series, if you thought it was authentic. Is it Hollywood? Just your thoughts. No, nah, it wasn't Hollywood at all. It was It was actually, you know, for this guy to be gone, that that was all real, and, and and it was a time, even around where I live at, where like it was a lot of gang activity, like a lot, a lot of bloods, a lot more bloods around here than Crips. Yeah. So like you know that it, it, you know that wave, is not like that now, but that wave, man, you know now we just got a lot of kids out here on the street that's just all for themselves, not so much a, a gang thing, but it's still like that too. You know, yeah. but it's just man, now. It's just is is I'm clueless to what these dudes really want to do right with themselves. Yeah. But if we watch the news, we see it. Yeah, we see it. That's that's true. Well, maybe they need some. Uh, maybe they need some new inspiration, some new music. So I want to talk about your new music coming out. No okay. expiration date. Uh, Artifacts album mm -hmm. produced by Buck Wild. I'm yeah. super excited about this. I know, like it was hinted a while ago. I saw the pre-order uh, picture you put put up a few days ago. What can yep. you tell us 
about this album because I'm dying to know more about it when it's coming, just the process, just anything you can share about this album. Okay, this album is for you, 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 <laughs> and you, and you. So, like, for anybody that's right now missing scratches in the songs, yeah. DJing in songs, I mean, like, straight, uh, I don't want to say this like this, but this is what everybody made it to be. I always consider hip hop underground as my way of what I want to call it underground. Yeah. But today people will call it boom bap, you know, and it's, if that's what you want to call it, fine. But if that's what you miss, it's going to be on this record. You okay. know, we have only two guests on the record uh, and that's Rascast and my man Afro. Afro's on a joint with us. Oh, dope. Um, I told Tame, let's just really give people us, you know, we can't have a bunch of guests. We got 10 songs on this album. Like you said, all DITC produced. There are flashes of time warp multiverse uh, <laughs> variant yeah. stuff that's going to happen with this record. And, you know, it's, I will hope mentally when the first song drop, it will be put people in the place of where you would remember when you first started smoking weed back in the 90s and you was going to concerts and shows where, you know, and every week you bought a record that you was putting in your collection. This is that time again, mm. you know, and, and this is like me and Tame going to make more records after this one, oh, including cool. with, including with Buck. But like, we would hope that people, when they hear this record, just, you know, the bars are there and this is not even to blow me and Tame horn or nothing like that. But like, we felt excited making this record because we knew the nostalgia that was going to come with it just for yeah. people seeing the names on the records as far as like us and Buck Wild. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Buck, okay. lives, Buck lives in New Jersey and okay. um, it was easy for us to get in contact with him and, and him to come to the crib. We recorded every vocal in my house. Uh, my man Jake Palumbo, uh, he mixed this whole record. Nice. And my man in Germany, uh, Max, he, he, he uh, mastered this record. You know, we really took upon took it upon ourselves to say, you know, it wasn't too hard to make a record like this, but like my man said when he heard it, he said, you know, no, hell, y'all made a record like this in 2022. Mm. Man, I so can't that, wait. And I'm 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 just hoping that when everybody get this, they just, you know, whatever you feeling inside, like, oh, I hope these motherfuckers sound like back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's there. It's there. Y'all can take in, you know, take a solace that it's going to be exactly what you expect it to be. It's going to be just like that. So no expiration date. Is there a date for the album? Yes. August 20th. Oh, that's sooner than I thought. All yes, right. August. Yes. And, and this record was supposed to come out last year, last April. Uh, we had a few issues with the pressing plant. We had to go to another pressing plant. That made us have to wait nine months because we were a new client. So then mm -hmm. COVID happened, and that shit was fucked up a lot of stuff. Um, but it's here now. You know, I was even like you. When dude told me, he said, August 20th. I'm like, you sure? <laughs> Don't make me say this to people. And, and you know, because right. I had a couple of people trolling me. This one guy was just like, I don't know who he was, but he never had a picture on there. He always had numbers at the end of his name. And he would just come in a different way. And I was just like, yo. Dude, like you keep bothering me, that must mean you waiting for it just like anybody else. So don't get mad. Man. So people waiting for a minute. So August twentieth, yeah, we're gonna I, we're gonna have color vinyl, yellow color vinyl. Okay. We're gonna have black vinyl. We're gonna we're gonna have hundred and fifty CD copies of this album 
But the cover, this is I've never seen this before. Like a CD cover that's like velvet velour cover stuff. <laughs> You know, and, and, you know, yeah. So you, it's like really plush. So it's it's gonna be 150 of those. So they go. They hopefully will go fast. But uh, we're gonna have cassettes. We're gonna have C CDs other than the plush kind. And um, we definitely gonna have vinyl. You know, we're gonna depending on how on how fast this record sells is when we re up on the okay. next bunch of records. So I'm I'm challenging everybody out there. If, if, if this is not you know, this is a goal. I mean, like thousand records, y'all. We got a thousand records pressed up. We need a thousand of y'all to come out that day and yeah. storm the online stores and get as many copies as y'all feel y'all need. DJs, get your doubles, quadruples, because it's going to be black and yellow. So, you know, this is the collective piece. And we're trying to make this real special and tradition for DJ Chaos, rest in peace. You know, thank my girl Ricky 400 for doing the artwork. My man DJ yeah. AB did the layout, and, and and you know everybody that's involved in this. I think, and we just hopefully, man, this is just definitely something that everybody waiting for. Yeah, man, I love that DJ Chaos is right there, front and center. Yes, yes. Cover. I think that's she asked me like, "What you want to do?" I gave, I gave her one picture, and I gave her a picture of Buck, and when she sent it to me, I, it was looking like that. I was like, "Oh my god, I, I ain't gonna lie, I shared a tear." Yeah, uh, yeah, I understand that. Um, I see the the pre-order vinyl coming soon. Uh, is there a pre-order for the CD, or is that that's still coming? Yeah, all, all of that is gonna come at the same time for the pre-order date is on smokeonrecords.com. Everybody yep. go on smokeonrecords.com, and you'll see the record up there. It says coming soon, but. The date will be posted as well, and everybody's gonna get it at the same time. Uh, but at, but for right now, you can go to goonsgear.com, Snow Goons out in Germany. They have it on their site. They they the yellow one might be gone. I don't know because <laughs> I know a couple of people told me they went on their site and the yellow one is is, is done. So they all on the black one. Okay. But you will be able to go to smokeonrecords.com and you can order it from there as well. Dope, dope. So make sure you do that. No expiration date coming out a week after. Man, August is going to be a dope month because Black yep. Thought has a new album coming out the Friday before. Uh, yes, sir. Drop. So that's just going to be a wonderful month for everybody that loves hip hop. Yeah, Speaking of loving hip hop, I want to uh, go out tonight on celebrating some albums that I know you love with a little yep, game yep. we call One Word. So I'm going to flash the album cover, uh, say the title, and if you could just figure out what this album means to you or describe it using one word or less, that's the, that's the game. All right? You ready to go? Yeah. yeah. All right. First album here, we got Business As Usual mm. by EPMD. Right. Artwork. I'm going to say that. One Artwork. word. Artwork. That album cover alone. <laughs> so yeah. if you if you're into artwork like me, Bill Sinkowitz drew that artwork right there on that cover. He is a, a prolific, uh, still to this day, Marvel Comics artist, and mm -hmm. and Bill Bill did that cover and the inside and out. And that, I, when I saw that, I, it blew my mind. So like, yeah, artwork for that one. Yeah, and I I love the cover looking at it now because it's like the more things change, the more things stay the same. You know, yeah, man, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom 80s. EPMD in a comic book looking style. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. 
All right, next one. Oh man, I love this album. All right, this is Twenty One and Over by the Alcoholics. Okay. Um, how can what word can I use for it? I could say fun, but like that's a good one. Uh, 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 they, 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 that album was for me. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun album. You know what I'm saying? Like, and 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 actually. Taz was the first MC I met when I got to Cali. Mm, dope. So I understood why the record sounded like that when I met him. That's dope. That's dope. How were they like in person? Nah, yo, they fun. They like it's fun dudes, man. Like yo, yeah. like I met I met both of them. J. Rowe is my man. I met you know I met them all at the same time. But Taz, I hung out with him. Uh, salute to Mona Lisa in L.A. You know, when we first came out there, she knew she, I was a fan of them. So she's like, yo, you want to go meet Taz? I was like, ooh, from the links. She's like, yeah, what now? Like, come on. I went over there. Me and this dude hung out the whole night just smoking bud and shit, like just talking about hip-hop. And then he's been my friend ever since then. Man, that's dope. That's dope. All right. This next album, if you're if you're watching, I want you to watch for Iomas Mara's uh, reaction when I put this album up. All right. This okay. One for All by Brand New. Band. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of choppy, but I I knew you'd love that. <laughs> All right. Um, one word: uh, learn. We learned a lot from Brand Newbie, me and Tang. You know, we met them in 1990 at the State Building in Harlem. We went to that building just to see them perform. We didn't care who else was performing. And when they was doing them, drop the bomb. We were the only ones in the crowd knew the words. All feel so good. That was all that was out. So yeah. when they got off the stage, I was like, fuck that. I'm say something. They came over where we met. Trust, trust me, I got arrested that day and everything to get there in New York, to get there oh, to wow. see them. And we made it. And, and and when I had my chance, I just put the headphones on Jamar. Like, yo, this man, my man, Tame right uh -huh. here. And he listened for like a good five minutes. He, I wrote my phone number down. And two weeks later, he called me. And, wow. and, and that's how we became friends with them. Just taking a chance. Dudes wow, from New that's, Jersey. That's dope. I love that. I love that. All right. Next one. Mecca and the Soul Brother by Pete mm. and CL Smooth. Mm. Well, I, I'm guilty. Pete Rock is definitely one of my favorite producers. Same. And and ever in the world. You know, and that record for me, uh, in one word, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. That, that that record changed my life on how I understood how songs were made, not just beats, but like songs. They do that songs on that record that no, to this day, I mean, like, and them to be in the group no more. You know, I that was magic in that in that record. Did you? I won't. I won't put up some uh, comments that people are making about this. But um, did you, did Pete Rock? Did you ever do a a joint with Pete Rock? No, but I told his ass before I die, I will. <laughs> I will do one before I die. Look, we were both drunk when I said that to him. He was like, oh, he was like, oh, hell. I was like, no, I've been down, got in his face. I'm going to do a song with you, bro, before I'm gone. So, like, yeah, I'm, that Grap, his brother, that's my man. Me and Grap got a, a good relationship. So I told okay. Pete in Philly, like, look, I'll be chilling with your brother more than you. So, like, yeah, but but it's going to happen. I, I, I feel, it, it, you know, Give it a little bit more time. It might just happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, ho I hope to see that, man. Hope, I hope I would love to see an entire either artifact album. Artifact Pete or, Rock album. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yep. Put right. it in the universe. Put it in the universe. There you go. 
Next one. So Otis got scratched up. Look at that right there, man. Mm. The Sun Rises in the East by J. Rue the Damager. Word up. J. Rue. That record, I know back and forth all the words. Mm. Oh, man. Like, how, what one word can I use for that? Uh, epic. I, I can say epic for that. Because when you listen to a lot of those beats, Primo made for him, he used a lot of break beats on that record. Mm. I felt like he was trying to prove a point when he when he did that. And, and like when you listen to a lot of those records, he, it was like he was taking sounds that was already used. But like, yo, like those beats he gave J. Rue, he never gave nobody else beats like that ever. Yeah. No. Like, so that record was special for Jay. Speaking I felt of like I felt like he made those beats just for him. Yeah. Speaking of uh premiere, next album is Daily Operation by Gangstar. Yep. <laughs> I I will say for that one, damn. Oh man. Um, cause like for that record right there, I, I used to sit down and just look at that cover. Yeah. And same. even that even looking at it now, that's the way it looked. Guru, guru for me was like a messenger in a way where, damn, if I could use one word, it, just voice, you know, for, yeah. for that record, you know, like that record, the, the, the track listening was crazy. You know, I thought hard to earn was, it was hard to top daily operation. Hard to earn right. almost did that, but that record introduced us to little Daffinum and J rule. So like, that was when I felt like Gangstar as a whole, I knew who they were as a whole. And not just the two MC, the MC and the producer. They, they, that right there pretty much introduced them as a, a crew, found Gangstar Foundation. Foundation, yeah, yeah. And, and, and everything else spawned from that record. Group Home, Chug, J. Rule. So, yeah, that was important. Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely classic, Marcus. I agree. All right, next one. This is Diamond. And the psychotic neurotics right there. Yeah. Blunt stunts and hip hop. Yeah. And, and that record in one word, the Bronx. Bronx music. Bronx. Okay. <laughs> Bronx music. You know what I'm saying? Diamond is, is is my friend now too. You know, being a fan of that record, he became my friend. Uh Diamond taught me a lot. You know, even you know, just to be straightforward in what you want and and in your sound. You know, he 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 took me in chaos. My man P original, rest in peace to both of them. He 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 befriended us at a time where you know I probably needed that. But with that record right oh. there, that record to me, with Diamond knowing he was a DJ and a producer, and to hear him rhyme on those records for the first time, that was different because it was like mm -hmm. other than Pete Rock, Diamond was more like he sounded like a more like an MC. Yeah. Then an MC producer, and he was comfortable over his over his rhyming over his beats, and he sounded like it. Yeah, you know that's yeah. why that's why it sounded like somebody was making the beats for him, but he was doing it for himself, so he was comfortable on on a lot of those songs. And yeah. that that record introduced me to, you know, DITC and the whole where like if you fuck with AG and Showbiz, you had to fuck with that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, last one. We're bringing it back to the home, the hometown, the home city. We got There's the Dark Side. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Hey, yo. Okay. Red, <laughs> Red Man, my man Reggie Noble, hate that record. Uh huh. I'm going to let y'all know, whoever watching, Reggie hates that record because 
He said he don't remember shit about that record because he was so high when he did it. Right. Yeah. But I tell, but I tell him all the time. He but he said, "Yo, L man, everybody like that record like that though." I said, "You like that record like that too. You just don't want to admit it." But that record was like a long ass mixtape. If you look at how all those songs came on compared to all his other records, when you listen to Money Waters and you listen to uh, what the album, they don't. That record was like he was just in the studio, bang, bang, song, right. song. And they just like, okay, you know what? Guess what? We have no no track list formula. We just gonna go, and then shit, it's coming on. But there was bangers. All of them was bangers. It was not a lot of structure in that record, but yeah. it was a lot of hits from that record too. That like he don't want to admit that you know kind of like made him because after that record, that's when Funko Rama came out. After that, so like yeah. you know, Reggie Reggie showed his ass on that record where lyrically. On that record, <laughs> lyrically, my man was in out of space, but under control at the same time. Yeah. So that made but the record to be so ill. Yeah, I I I actually think this is his best album. So I, I agree with you on it. Cause I feel like Muddy Waters, even though I like Muddy Waters better in some ways, I feel like Muddy Waters, like the production on it, like it was more smooth and right. Like, it was it was it was, it was structured. It was structured there because because of that cool. record, Muddy Waters sound like that because of that record. Yeah, but this album, like, it sounds more dark. Like the bass lines are a little bit crunchier and thicker. And yep. Redman's voice, just like I don't know, and just where I guess where he was and the things he was rhyming. Like I feel like it's more cohesive. Yeah, uh, you know, project. So I always thought this was his best. I would say that's the most him album. <laughs> Yeah, you're right, right, right. Yeah, right on. Cool, cool. Well, that is all the albums I have. Thank you for playing along at one word. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Appreciate it. Um, listen, the last thing we always do in our interviews is we give shout outs. So, Iomas, I, I can read your shout outs if you want. <laughs> you can try to come on and say it. We, we, we've been having technical difficulties all night with Iomas Mirage. But uh, if you want to throw some shout outs in the chat, he I'll did good. Know. He did good as far as uh, the way for his mic not working, though. That's right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, well, Iomas types in some of those. I, I just want, and I'll give some shout outs and then uh, I'll pass it over to you, Elder Sensei, and you can take okay. some out of here. Um, but yeah, I want to shout out uh, Jungle Brothers, Mike G of the Jungle Brothers, because he is going to be our guest in two weeks. So super excited! Huge, good brother, huge good brother. Native tongues, yeah, huge Native tongues. Yeah, them, my team, hey, look, I could have put, I could have put that album on there too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, also want to shout out uh, the Native tongues in general. We have been writing about them for a minute. We got a new book called The Native Tongues Review. If you're watching right now, you can actually see it up in the corner by elder sensei's head up there that's the what the book looks like uh the native tongues review thanks everyone for buying it if you haven't got your copy you can do so at boombapreview.com or you can find it on amazon and uh last but not least oh well shout out to profound obviously and his son having a good time celebrating the birthday shout out to iomas Murad and the whole crew and uh last but not least definitely shout out uh the artifacts. Uh, shout out to Rest in Peace, obviously, to DJ Chaos. Shout out to yeah. Team One. And shout out to you, Elder Sensei. Thank you for, you know, just remaining who you are, your authentic, dope, you know, underground, boom bap self, and all the great music you've given us through the years. It's been an honor just uh, chatting with you tonight. So shout out to you. Thank you for, for everything. And uh, with that, I'll turn it over to you. I want to read Iomas. Iomas got some here. Sorry. Well, he, he prepared his shout out. Go. Yeah, he's got <laughs> right. <laughs> Iomas and Mirage said, uh, shout so out. Y'all ain't going to leave me out. Yeah, right, right. 
Shout out Elder Sensei, New York, New Jersey, my boom bap brothers and hip hop over rap music. I feel that. Shout out to Pro Junior on his born day and uh, Matthew Coop. We want to shout out him. And he says, shout out to L for doing this. So right, right on. All right. With that now, Elder Sensei, I'll turn it over to you for the final shout outs. Well, I want to shout out the Boom Bap Chat Show. Thanks, y'all, for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. You know, I always tell people anytime you get to do an interview, make it your most because it's not a lot of time we get to get interviewed or even people care about doing it. So I appreciate y'all for having me on. Um, I want to shout out my kids. You know, my son's birthday is uh, on Monday. My son, uh, my son Elliot, my oldest. So I'm, I'm preparing his, his day for him. Um, you know, I want to shout out to Tame One. I want to shout out DJ Chaos. I know you hear me. I ain't going to forget you. Um, you know, my man Big Joker. Shout out to Buck Wild. Shout out to Jake Palumbo. Shout out to my man Joey in Nuremberg, Germany. My man has dealt with me and my fiery self just wanting this record to come out in the right way. I appreciate him. And, um, you know, my man, shout out to my man Neff in Staten Island. He about to shoot these videos. Uh, you know, shout out to everybody that's out there that that ever bought an autographed record, listened to an autographed record, any of my solo records, tame solo records, mixtapes, seeing us at a show, met us in person. We're going to take another journey on this new album and we're going to do it all over again, meet new people and meet the people we met already. Take this journey with us, y'all. This is We made this record for y'all. We made this record for us. We made this record for every person that has been waiting for Artifacts to put another record out for the last 25 damn years. We finally got one for you, man. So shout out to y'all. Shout out to the world. Right on. Right on. Thank you. And with that note, we say peace, 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 peace. peace. <laughs>